3: The Healthy Baby Show is a production of iHeart Podcast Network and HealthyBaby.com.
4: My birth plan went
3: out the window. They told me
4: I was having a girl. I didn't have a girl. I had a boy. I wanted the first word that he heard to be love as I was pushing, well, her out. And then my mom went, oh my goodness, it's a boy. And I went, fuck, what What the fuck? I was a single parent. I always thought I'd be married and have children I thought that love would come first and then a baby, like the whole thing was back to front. The whole thing was improbable, but it's only us that apply all of our strictures and dogma to what it should look like. And my mother said, you should bury the word should in the backyard and forget about it.
3: There is so much about having a baby that I wasn't prepared for and that nobody really tells you, and that's what this podcast is for. This is The Healthy Baby Show. I'm Shazi Visram. I'm a mom with two kids. I've also grown up in the baby space. I've spent the last 20 years starting companies that are all about cleaning up our baby's environment and creating a healthy start for our children. And I've learned a lot as a new mom, especially having one child with autism and one that doesn't. Between my family and my professional life, I've met the most amazing minds in the parenting space—scientists, developmental pediatricians, and neurobiologists. In each episode, you can expect to hear insight from these experts, as well as personal stories from mothers like Minnie Driver, Bethany Van Delft, and Sarah Haynes. This first season of the podcast, we're going to be covering nine topics that I think every parent should know about— From what to do in the first moments after birth to postpartum recovery to the latest research on gut health, brain development, and cord blood banking. So if you're thinking about starting a family or if your family has already started and you have questions about what the latest research says about raising a healthy and connected baby, this podcast is for you. That voice you heard at the beginning of the episode was actress, singer, and podcast host Minnie Driver. Minnie is the mother of a 13-year-old son, and like me... One of the biggest life lessons she learned as a parent is that when it comes to kids, nothing will ever go quite the way you expect. That lesson started from day one for both Minnie and me when our careful birth plans that we created went out the window, and it only continued each passing day. For me, especially when Zane was diagnosed with autism at 26 months, totally out of the blue, I mean, he had been developing. So typically, really the first 18 months of life, and then he just got sick for so many months. And the next thing you know, we have this autism diagnosis, and we're hearing things like, well, he might not ever talk, he might not ever go to school, you might have to find him a place to live for the rest of his life, he might not ever be independent. And, you know, at first, you have to mourn everything that you imagined was going to be, and let that go. Cause that's not going to be our experience. And then you have to kind of pick yourself up and say, my child needs me right now. And I need to figure out exactly what to
5: do to be there for him in the best way possible. When you're clinging to control things, it's usually because you're anxious and whatever makes you feel anxious, whatever sets off your internal alarm system Your solution is often to try to control it exactly perfectly. And unfortunately, you just never can do that when you're having kids.
3: That's my friend and expert, Dr. Aliza Pressman. She's co-founding director of the Mount Sinai Parenting Center, the co-founder of the parenting education group Seedlings, and the host of her very popular podcast, Raising Good Humans. I asked her where this impulse to plan and control
5: comes from, especially for new parents. It's developmentally appropriate to feel anxious when you're bringing a life into this world and you're responsible for that life. It would be a very appropriate time to go into some bit of a stress response. So a little bit of that gets you like motivated and moving and planning and knowing that you're getting all your ducks in a row. Too much of it though, can make it so that you're not experiencing the reality. To find that healthy balance between having some positive stress, but not so much that it becomes... Prohibitive, Like, you can't do anything. You're not able to enjoy the experience. You're feeling your safety is being threatened. And in this case, the safety is the safety of this being that you're in charge of. And also yourself. Your identity is being threatened. Because some people don't feel ready to fully just shift their identity from protagonist to the mother of the protagonist.
3: <laughs> yeah, because for me, like, I remember... I was like running this organic baby food company. We sponsored this movie called The Business of Being Born, you know, with Ricky Lake. And we signed up for the natural childbirth center at St. Luke's, had the birth plan. We did our birthing classes. I remember that was like the first kind of wake-up call to like, okay, you can make as many plans as you want and you can type it in whatever font size and have as many copies as you want. But like, at some point you have to recognize that that was just your idea of what it could be in an ideal scenario that you imagined, but then real life happens. I remember afterwards, because I was in labor for like 20 hours and then turned into the emergency C-section. And then I remember just like walking around and sort of like feeling like a failure for a while because I didn't have the sort of birth experience that I wanted. And in retrospect, now 11 years later, and emotionally, yes, it was a little disappointing, but ultimately like I had a healthy baby boy and that's really what you look back and you remember. But I remember carrying around that guilt for a while and it was almost like this
5: first life lesson of, parenting, how things don't always go the way you expect. I think ideally you set your intentions so that you don't cling so much to it. You just are inspired by it. Set a plan up so that you're not just like, whatever happens, happens. But after you set that intention, recognize this is only what I can control. Get comfortable with throwing out that piece of paper with my birth plan and Thinking about the bigger picture, which is, I just need this baby to come out healthy.
4: I actually broke a window
5: with what to expect when you're
4: expecting. And I threw it out because I felt so overwhelmed. And I kept thinking, this just cannot possibly be true for every single
3: baby. That's Minnie Driver again. We talked about how this impulse to plan and control played out for her before her son was born.
4: I'd done an enormous amount of watching films and reading about the business of being born, like the, the business of having babies in this industry. And
3: Did you kind of write your mission statement before you became a mom? God, no.
4: I was told I couldn't have children. I was told when I was 18, I sat in a cold Harley Street doctor's office and this awful patrician doctor came into the room and I was still there semi-naked in a paper gown he compared my uterus to the u-bend in a toilet and was like you know, nothing's getting through there you're you won't be having children you know I was 18 and I was like well are you are you sure like is there nothing I can do and he was like well you could, you know have a lot of sex and see if you can bang something around a bit but I don't believe anything's really ever going to get through So. I believed him and I believed him through my whole life. And then when I was in the couple of long relationships that I was in, in my life, I would say, you know, don't worry once we've all been tested and everything's like that I I can't get pregnant. And there was this pressure off. And then when I was 37, I woke up on January the 1st with flu and I was so bummed. I was like, this just I've got flu it's the first of the year my life I have no man yeah you I know, just recently broken up with someone who was nice but wasn't my partner I didn't have kids I didn't have a job I don't know and then I found out I was pregnant yeah my sister was like I think you're pregnant and I was like don't be ridiculous I'm barren and she was like that's absurd I don't think you are and I was like how do you know she's like because I got three kids so I got pregnant and then went this is a miracle. This is a miracle, like through and through, this is a miracle. I always loved an adventure, and here was this great late-stage adventure. So I just went on it. So I actually managed to stay very present with it.
3: Because of her unexpected path to pregnancy, Minnie focused more on finding a great and caring doctor and tried not to sweat the small stuff. And even when her birth took an unpredictable turn, she tried to stay in the moment. I definitely
4: saw so many women be given Pitocin, which invariably ends up in a C-section just because somebody wants to make their golf game and it's taking too long. And the people that I had with me were patient and kind and good. So when I arrived in that hospital, my heart rate was down, I was in trouble and they needed to get me stable so that they could do anything. So The kind of calmness with which I was met, exhausted and in agony, arriving, and very quickly he was like, right, we're going to get an epidural, and then we're going to see what happens, because once you're out of pain, we're going to be able to make a more measured decision. I had the epidural, everything calmed down, and then it's like, what do you want to do? You can have a C-section, 100%, if you just want this to be done and you don't want to push and you've reached the end of the road, or we can go ahead, He, he is a big baby, you know. There may be some remodeling down there if you have this child. And I was like, oh, Christ, on a bike. And I was like, listen, 28 years of yoga and surfing and being an athlete, like I can give birth. I'm not enormous, but I can have a big baby. So I just went ahead and I did have 43 internal stitches. It was bananas. However, I don't remember this, but apparently I screamed at him, you better stitch me up like a Prada handbag. (laughs) And, you know, I did all the necessary retraining of down there. I was like, I can do this. Like women have been doing this for thousands of years. I know that it is a mess down there right now. I have this beautiful baby. I'm going to heal. I'm going to be in the sits baths. I'm going to do the exercises. I'm going to do this. But I was very cognizant of that being my path this is my story with my baby with my doctor and my midwife and the idea that other women that there was this comparison is what I hate about all those books you know my friend Charlie who was like yeah if you don't have an orgasm you're not doing it right and it's like what babies are you having but she literally said that she had an orgasm every time she had a kid that's her story. Fantastic. Well, I don't ever want to hear
3: it again. That's not my story. It's oh, not
4: it, my story. And it's not most women's story. What's I mean, crazy? it's her story.
3: It I, happened. I believe her. God love her. I believe her. Love her, but I hate her a little. She had a but, tiny baby. She had
4: a uh, tiny, healthy baby. Tiny just little pop, vibrating. Pop, pop, <laughs> just popped pop right out with a giant orgasm. She Fan. bought it from
3: Goop Fantastic. for $600. Exactly.
6: Um, <laughs> well, I, she yeah. got it from
4: Goop.
3: It's time for a quick break, but we'll be back in a minute.
0: Today, I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward, inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated ATT fiber Live like a gaginian man available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit atnt.comslash hyper gig for details.
6: Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing smart metabolic burn from Brain MD. your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat. burn at getsmartburn.com the lowest price anywhere that's getsmartburn.com don't delay transform your life with smart metabolic burn from brain md these statements have not been evaluated by the food and drug administration our products are not intended to diagnose treat cure or prevent any disease
7: like many of us you might think identity theft will never happen to you but consider this there's a new identity theft victim every 3 seconds in the us That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here.
3: Welcome back to The Healthy Baby Show. For so many of us, including myself, it is so hard to stop comparing our story to everyone else's. And that's because other people's stories and advice are everywhere. We see perfect people on Instagram with their kids. We read article after article on how to be a perfect parent online. I asked Dr. Pressman how she advises her patients to filter out all of the parenting
5: noise. Whenever you're looking for expert or peer advice, the first thing you have to check in on is when you read it or hear it, how do you feel in your body? Are you now short of breath or are you feeling like, oh, okay, that makes sense. And I feel a little bit better than before I was seeking that information. If you keep going back to communities and websites and Instagram and people who make you feel crappier after, that's a definite don't read it or think about it because it's not going to serve you because you don't learn anything when your brain is closed to new information. So another thing that I would look at is if you're finding conflicting information, like how to start solids That's because there's not one good answer. So that should give you a clue that you can just let go because nobody's gotten it right. That's why there are so many varied answers.
3: I like how you said that. It's like when something makes you feel icky (laughs) in any way. To me, it's a sign that either I'm being challenged and I feel uncomfortable or this isn't cool and I don't want to do it anymore. It goes from advice that you want to being preached at.
5: Yeah. Like then you're like, I'm ashamed of the parent that I am. And nobody deserves to feel that way because everybody sets out with good intentions. That's heavily researched and also very intuitive. You don't become a parent and think, I want to screw this kid up and do a terrible job. Nobody does.
3: Well, on this, I'm wondering, given your years of expertise, like when you meet a parent who really takes to heart that Things are not going to go exactly the way I hope or plan, and that will be okay, and I'm going to figure it out, and it is going to be okay regardless. When you meet that mom, how do you think her baby benefits from her being able to really be adaptable?
5: I mean, it's the cornerstone of resilience because they're given real-time, everyday modeling. When you embody the attitude of I'm going to have this intention, I am going to plan because obviously it's helpful, but I'm going to accept that it may not and probably won't go exactly as planned and that I can survive that and I can keep going. You're going to build more resilient kids because you're putting in the water of their environment that this is not just something you talk about and this is not just something that you believe in, but you actually live it.
3: I think that's super powerful. You can't control so many things. You can control yourself, and to some degree, you can shape the environment in your home. And if part of that environment is one where you constantly see adaptability, resilience, change, rolling with it, so to speak, it kind of sets the kids up to see that that's how we live our life, and it makes it easier for them to also live their lives that way. Knowing what Dr. Pressman would suggest, which is kind of not focusing on controlling our outcome, I asked Minnie how she wants to support and shape her son Henry's future in a way that's intentional but not controlling. Mine
4: started really small but incredibly important, like be able to look someone in the eye when you shake their hand, to stand up when someone comes into the room and acknowledge them and say hello, to say please and thank you, to listen to what people say. Doesn't matter what you think about their life, to to listen. Like these building blocks, I really want him to know what it is that makes him feel good. And if he possibly can find a way of making a living, because you gotta make a living in the world, you gotta find a way of of being here. I want that. Because I know that if he stays connected to himself and he can find a way of putting a roof over his own head, then he's gonna be all right and he can. Navigate Like, I want the ship to be sound. I don't care how big the ship is. I just want the boat to be really well made and really strong and sealed and able to withstand a storm and able to go to the farthest reaches of the world and adventure. But I really want to go with him. (laughs) I want to be a little boat that he pulls behind him. (laughs) I want to be on that boat.
3: (laughs) I want to build such a a good boat and it's sailing in an ocean that is actually enclosed in, like, my boat. So, what do you say? <laughs> <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, wait a minute. It's, like, it's a little... Okay,
4: his my for my child's future. <laughs> I've got to become a goddess who creates an ocean upon which Hazan can sail his ship. I don't doubt that you could do that, Shazi. No,
3: but, I mean, it's more just that I... I know. But we oh. all, we all have a different... Totally. It's funny because...
4: I do think that they bring their own story, these children, these babies, and we want to apply so much of our stuff onto them. And I think that there's a lot that comes home to roost when you become a mother about yourself and allowing a child to have its story. So I always thought about Henry as having come in with a story that I also had to learn, however difficult that might be, or however much I disagreed with it. I had to be open. To that.
3: We really can't control life once it gets going. Mm-mm. But I do believe we can nurture and protect it and shape it. Exactly.
4: You can nurture but having expectations, like we should teach that to our kids in schools, how to not have expectations, but to encourage the best, but to not expect it in a way. It's really difficult. It's why it's, an, you know, this is a process.
3: Well, I was going to yeah. ask, so what would you say to that one cold piece of garbage doctor 21 years before like the word barren i i I don't even know that just sounds crazy it's you're barren i mean it's it's as like terrible to me as mentally disabled which i hear a
4: lot
5: mm.
3: it's a dead end it's like a cul-de-sac
4: of a word and it implies a hopelessness it's so absurd for a woman who physically will not bear a child what a ridiculous thing to tell them that they are empty if that's what barren means it means dead a barren landscape without fertility like it's it's crazy i wouldn't say anything to that doctor you know who i'd like to get someone to say is my son (laughs) i would like to set my son on that doctor because he would have some choice brilliant words i'm sure
3: (laughs) A lot of people ask me about what it's like to raise a child with special needs. And I'm always reminded of this poem that I think any of us who are special needs moms have been exposed to at one time or another. The author's name is Emily Pearl Kingsley, and she wrote a poem about visiting Holland. She talks about how when you're going to have a baby, it's like you're planning this incredible vacation to Italy. And you buy your tickets and you do all the research on why it's going to be so wonderful. And then the plane lands. And instead of landing in Italy, the stewardess comes in and says, welcome to Holland. And this is where you have to stay. And at some point you realize, I don't want to be in Holland. I want to go to Italy. That was my plan. But that's not an option anymore. And then... You know, you get off the plane and you just start figuring out what to do in Holland. And it's kind of like being a mom of a child with special needs. It's not the trip to Italy you were planning, but then in the poem she says, you know, there's flowers in Holland and there are other things in Holland that make Holland really special and make Holland really beautiful. And it's totally different than what you expected, but it doesn't mean it can't be beautiful too. The poem is a way of sort of dealing with the unexpected. But I believe that you still have the power to change things after that. And you don't just have to accept a situation or a diagnosis as a life sentence, because when we do that, we disempower ourselves. And really the whole reason for doing this podcast is to share how much I've learned and how much there's hope for kids like Zane and how the future is evolving so quickly that we will find answers. It's time for a quick break, but we'll be back in a minute.
0: Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by a guaranteed, straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig for details.
3: episode of this podcast, we'll be asking experts what they think the future will look like for the topic we're discussing. For this episode, I asked Dr. Aliza Pressman what she thinks the future of parenting will look like, and if some of these issues of control that so many of us face as parents will continue to be a
5: roadblock. I unfortunately think parenting is going to get really prescriptive, though I don't think the science says that that's the goal, but I do think that society wants more of that, which I think is taking away from our ability to grow individually and as communities, as parents. I think that one thing Gen Z is for sure gonna do is be more open to the plane of possibilities of what is important for our souls and minds and bodies. They're just much more open. And the science is kind of getting more interesting. Like stuff that was wacky, wacky 10 years ago is very mainstream, like meditation. So that's one way I think it's going to shift. And I think we are grabbing for dear life at the importance of connection and relationships. And so that will be much more the emphasis compared to obedience and achievement.
3: I think that is so my perspective on my daughter, Asha. After having Zane, maybe it's just made me grow up real fast, but after having Zane and having all those ideas of him going to Harvard and everything else, and now for Asha, I could seriously give an F. I could seriously give an F. Agreed. Anything is possible in our new world. And I feel like every day I want to create a world where anything's possible
5: for her. The most soothing thing that anybody has ever said to me is the explanation of the plane of possibility in physics, that we just don't know so much. And that makes everything so exciting when we make the decision in advance about exactly what path our kids have to go on and who they're going to be. That takes that away from their experience and our pleasure and joy. I'm excited, I'll tell you that. I think this hyper-focus on one path to high-achieving without actually thinking about what does success really mean, kind of just allowing it to be one thing is going to be much easier for people to stop clinging to.
3: I I think so too. I think that's the real silver lining is we have a real reason to look and say we don't have to cling to these other beliefs. We can actually embrace the what if. It's easy to say, well, you just have to go with it.
4: But that is what we have to do and we all have to do that. Everybody is subject to the vagaries of circumstance and all we can do is build our strength at becoming these fluid, flexible, kind of judo-type people slash parents with what life throws at us.
3: Well, that's it for the show this week. Next week, we'll be diving deep into the science of fertility, speaking with experts and hearing from my friends, Chloe Melas and Brian Maza about their infertility challenges and IVF experience, something I also went through. We'll learn the latest on egg freezing, what pregnancy after 35 really means, and what women and men should be thinking about before having children. So tune in and learn more about what the research says. Join us next time. The Healthy Baby Show is a production of iHeart Podcast Network and HealthyBaby.com, where you can find a new line of the safest baby essentials. The Healthy Baby Show is hosted by me, Shazi Visram. Our lead producer is Jennifer Bassett. Executive producers are Nikki Etor, Anna Stump, Shazi Visram, and James Violet. Mastering and sound design by Carl Cadel and Dan Bauza. Additional writing and research by Julia Weaver, And our theme music is by Anna Stumpf and Hamilton Lighthouser. Additional music from Blue Dot Sessions.
6: Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with smart metabolic burn from Brain MD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.
2: Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast growing health and wellness industry.